1: We could come up with many illustrations as to how we can understand how the invisible God works in a visible world, but we can trust what he says. We'll do so next on Truth For Today. We take it on faith, but it is not just a simple blind faith. It's a faith that has a lot of underpinning, a lot of foundation to it. Jesus, in his Upper Room Discourse, found in John 14, gives us some help in understanding how the invisible God works in the visible world. Join us in John 14, verses 7 through 14, as we continue our series, The Promise of Heaven. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
0: I'm going to entrust the work to you men, and you're going to do greater things in my name than I ever did. But you're going to be doing it, not because you're so powerful and great. I'm going to be up there giving you everything you need down here. And by the way, in this chapter, the next section, you're going to say, and because you're such a weak lot, I'm going to send you some help, and you call him the Holy Spirit. Because my church can't make it without some help. Because I've got imperfect men representing a perfect God. It's a great question to ask. Does anybody see Jesus in you? Anywhere. By the time I get through taking care of my grandchildren, I think they see more devil sometimes than Jesus. (laughs) Don't do that. Stop that. Pick that. Get out of there. Bless you in Jesus' name, get over there. And by the time they go home, I got to pray an hour. I said, did they see Jesus? Said, no, they saw a cranky grandpa. Get out of that refrigerator. We fed you three times already. But grandpa, we've been here four days. That's enough. That's enough. Get home. Deborah, get your kids. I'm bitter. And I thought, did they? And I'm preparing this message. Did they see Jesus? And and I'm quite frankly in the middle of it. I think, Jesus, I'm not trying to represent you right now. And he said, I know you're not. They say, that's why the Spirit's filling ministry. Until he's filling and controlling you, you won't represent him. You're going to represent crankiness, irritability, contention, strife, hate, lust, you got the fleshly agenda who's in charge of you you imperfect people you can't make it without the spirit all we get is you and you're a big flat flop and you are an imperfect rep of a perfect savior the world is looking at the church they can't see Christ he's out of sight he's invisible these 2000 years Now, the third thing he said, let me give you the guarantee of what I'll be doing while I'm invisible. Verse 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He says this several more times in the upper room. These are unconditional promises. What in the world do they mean? Number one, whatever we ask in His name. Now, does this mean, uh, uh, Jesus, give me this, give me that, uh, bless my 401k, uh, I let my mother in law get sick so she won't come to the house? Uh, yeah, in Jesus' name. Now, did God hear that? See, you used a little rabbit's foot you tacked on the end of a prayer. In Jesus' name. No, that's just a title. Scripture, the name of God, stood for all that God was. The name of God. That's why you don't take the name of God in vain. It stands for his character, uh, for his integrity, who he is. And Jesus said, I'll be up there. And when you come up with any request at the bank of heaven, You need two signatures, mine and yours. And if you come and ask for anything you need to do the work I'm commissioning you to do, to represent me and my word, and to do the will of God, I will do it because James will tell us he doesn't give you a help to fulfill your own pleasures or for your own selfish interests. He's interested in his work being done on the earth. Come and ask me in my name for the resources I need to do your work. I'm representing you here on the earth, and I'm asking for your help. Now, he says, you'll never hear me say no. If you're not getting any answers to your prayers, guess what the problem is? You haven't asked anything he can grant. You haven't asked according to his will, maybe. Uh... You you have it to, for whatever whatever it is. If you got sin in your heart, uh, you know. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We get silly stuff around here. A couple comes up here, they're living together, and they guy say, "Pray, pray, my woman won't leave me." I said, "No, I'm praying she will." <laughs> well, yeah, but we're so tight. Yeah, we know you are, but you're in sin. God's not going to hear what you're asking you mean you've got to be right on sin to get a prayer answered? Yeah. And some of you said, well, I just soon have a poor prayer life and stay in my sin. You can have it. Keep your sin, but you can't get divine help. You might ask God to help you get out of sin. Now he'll help you do that. Well, you know, I'm kind of in love with it. Oh, okay. Just, just stay out there and wallow. Stay there. You can't get divine help, I had a man when I went to Mary Carolyn, he gave me a great line. He said, if you want Bible blessing, you've got to stand on Bible ground. If you don't want to do the will of God, don't ask for his help. If you don't want to do the work of God, don't ask for his help. If you don't want to love the word of God and obey it, don't ask God for his help. Go ask Baal. Go ask Sin. Go ask Playboy. But don't ask God. God wants to get his work on this earth. He's not in love with your work. He's in love with his work. He's in love with his word, not your word. He's in love with his plan, his will, not yours. And until he can get you where you want to do his will, his word, his way, you can't have his help. He wants you to represent him. He wants you to represent him. Is God represented in this church is the issue. So he says, I give you a promise. I'll grant whatever you ask me. There's only three conditions. You've got to be believing me. Verse 12, whoever's continually believing me. Whoever asks in my name, number two. And number three, whoever's asking for what will bring glory to God. There's the three conditions. I'm believing him. By the way. Prayer without faith is a waste of time. God does not answer unbelieving prayer. He that is double-minded is unstable in all of his ways. He's tossed to and fro by the wind and the wave. You must be certain. Our old daddy said one time to me, he said, you know why, Dan, you'll pray 21 days? I said, no, Dad, who knows that? He said, well, he prayed 21 days because he didn't get his answer in 20. I said, well, I've never asked for anything. I want it that bad. After two days, I give up. He said, because you don't believe it. And then he told me about a time in his life in Fryant, California, where he fasted two days a week. he'd have to eat because he's working on a dam. And he did that for a month. Two days fast, a day he'd have to eat. Fast and pray for whatever this was. And then two days fast and pray, eat. Because he's working in 110 degree weather. He had to have his strength. Two days fast and pray, boom. And then he'd look at us. He told us, kids, he, and he would just say this, and I got my answer. And it's been good for over 45 years. I got what I would not be denied. Do you want anything bad enough from God that you're going to keep knocking, keep seeking, and keep asking? Or is it just a little flight? a a little desire a little Bob Dylan you think he is going to satisfy your ever wondering desire oh no 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 when you ask in his name Lord we're wanting to make Jesus known to 350 kids at BBS they need Jesus we want kids known in our youth group we want people saved we don't want people to go to hell we're trying to make Christ known in the pagan bay area we want to represent you we need your power. We need your spirit. need your word. Can you help us? And if he can't, let's sell the building and give it to charity. If he's not big enough to send us help, I'm out of here. Because I can't keep the church going. I can't keep me going. But let me tell you what this powerful God does. I think God is willing to channel his power through weak men and women. I think of, uh, I was just moved uh, about to, I think of two great men of the 1800s, Charles Spurgeon and Dwight L. Moody. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, a 19-year-old preacher that left a little village where they had about 90 people in this village church. And for some reason, they called him to London, to metropolitan. John Gill had been there for years. The church had dwindled down. Gill was a great theologian, but Spurgeon was the theologian evangelist. Went to the slums of London at 19 years of age. Wasn't even married yet. And uh, just be at the time he was taking that pastorate, he wanted to get a Bible college education taking such a prestigious pulpit though it had dwindled he went to meet a principal to a Bible college that was in London and the house servant uh, got mixed up and put Spurgeon at one end of a large house over here as it were and put the principal when he came at another end and she never told either one that the other was there Never did introduce, whatever. And so the principal stayed for an hour, hour and a half and just assumed that Spurgeon wasn't going to show up. So the principal left. After a while, Spurgeon came out, asked the lady of the house, where's the principal? said, oh, oh, he left? I, I didn't, was confused. Spurgeon was dejected and as he left, He said, Jeremiah swept through his soul when Jeremiah talked to his secretary. And he said, seekest thou great things for thyself, seek them not. And so he went out and bought 25,000 volumes and read four volumes a week. When he was 50 years old, was the head of 65 organizations. Many orphanages, many preaching stations in town. His wife supported the poor preachers of London and England by sending them books every Monday. She became paralyzed after their boys were born. And so his penny library was printed both in the United States and here. 65 organizations when he was only 50 years old. Plus he preached seven times a week. I will get my work done through the week And there will be no mistake about who's doing it. It will be me. Dwight L. Moody, 1800 Sioux salesman, goes to Chicago to make his fortune. Winds up getting a burden for street kids, ghetto kids, because the respectable churches didn't want the riffraff in their churches. So he started a Sunday school in Hell's Kitchen, Chicago, and he paid for a Sunday school teacher. He said, I'll round up the kids, and he'd give them gifts. Every, he knew how to the salesman, and he knew how to get them there. I'll pay you to teach them. Pretty soon, he was gathering a thousand kids every Sunday. But one Sunday, the Sunday school teacher couldn't make it. And rather than to dismiss them and let them go, he got up and began to teach them a Bible lesson. And God saved a bunch of kids. And from that day on, he found out, I want to not only have you pay the bill, I want you to communicate my word. Someone said to him one time, You know what, Moody? You seem to be doing the work of ten men. He said, Oh, you forget. There's two of us working. You know what I like to say? There's four of us working. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and me. So can God get anything done with you with that much help? I've got the Son in me. I've got the Spirit in me. I've got the Son in me. Ephesians 4, 6, the Father's in you all. Romans 8, 9, if you don't have the Spirit, you're not God's child. I've got the Spirit, all of him, not half of him, not three. I've got the whole person. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 20. I've got all three members living in me. And I'm in them. So that's a six-fold relationship. I'm in the Son. The Son's in me. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. I'm in the Spirit. The Spirit's in me. Friend, that's enough help for God to do something through you. God can do something. I don't care how weak you are. God has never been impressed with what men call strong. Because the strong men of the age crucified his Son. The wise men of the age rejected his son. So he said, I chose the foolish thing so I could get the glory. You know why God chose you? You're weak enough that when the work gets done, we won't make any mistake of knowing who did it. R.W. Dale went to hear Moody when he was in England. And after he met Moody and had an interview, he said, you know what, Mr. Moody? Having seen what's going on and having met you, I see no relationship between what's going on and you. The work is great, and I'm meeting a plain shoe salesman. Guess who was doing the work? From the third heaven. I want to tell you a story. You folks aren't used to these stories because you're homegrown folks, you're all urbanites. I, I grew up around a guy named Thacker, and I used to go to his church in Fresno. He was a kid preacher. He got saved in the hills of Arkansas when he was about 14. His pastor, for some reason, asked him if he'd preach for the church. Just a 14, 15 year old. No, barely could read. He was just a plowboy. And so Cliff tells me, I said, yeah, gave his testimony. Wound up preaching every night for six to eight weeks. And God seemed to save everybody within 20 miles of that little country church. But he said one day, he was plowing in the field, in his father's field, and he was plowing and doing these meetings. And a guy was coming down the hill with a, a load of coal, had a team, he was driving, had this load of coal. And was one of the old timers in the community. And he was coming down that hill. And when he got down, he came up right alongside where Cliff was uh, plowing. The kid. And he pulled up and put on the brakes. And this old man said to Cliff, Cliff, are you aware God's made a preacher out of you? You're a preacher boy. And Cliff said, oh, no, no, no. No, no, you must say I'm just a plowboy. God save! I'm just a plow boy God save, son! Aren't you aware of what's been going on in this community? Every night you preach another bootlegger saved, another wife beater saved. We got a fourteen to fifteen year old untaught kid. Something's going on, boy. God's made a pre- No, sir. No, sir. And right there he said, the Spirit of God arrested him. And said, Don't ever say again, God hadn't called you to preach. And he said, It was years before denomination laid hands on me. It was years before men laid their hands on him. But he said, They're next with a team of mules and a Coal, wagon filled with coal, and said, Right there in that field, God ordained me. I'll work through your cliff. You just preach. I'll do the greater works. I'll channel my resources through you. Now I want to ask you this Do you represent Jesus or do you represent yourself? Don't worry about representing Valley. What's Valley? Valley someday will be a has been will burn the building of the Antichrist to get it. He can have it. Where I'm going, I won't need it. But do you represent Jesus personally? You know the old line that says, the only Jesus some people ever see is in you. Because he, our God, all three members have now chosen to be invisible again. None of them are in view. And the only place they can get any display... Is through his body. The head is in the heavens. The body is on the earth. And we're supposed to represent him. You'll be my witnesses when the spirit comes. You'll represent my love. You'll represent my work. You'll represent my words. Oh I want a body. That I could be represented in. And I'll send you all the resources you need. If you just give me yourself. If I did it with those 11, I could do it with you. Why don't some of you quit warming a pew and get involved in the work? And don't go sign up in enlistment just to get over the guilt. I make the announcement. You won't last a month and you'll be miserable and mad that I talked you into it. (laughs) Don't, don't. Why did God save you? He wants to get his work done through you. Does he need you? Eh, no. He doesn't. Because you're a big liability that has to keep supplying his spirit to overcome our inferiorities, our weakness. uh, Just some of you got a lousy personality. (laughs) Your mate, it takes the grace of God for your mate to stand you. So how could God be represented through you? Hadn't smiled in a year. You know what? You got to say, I'm tired of living my words, my way, my work. I want your will, your way, your work. Here I am. Infuse your power. Infuse your power. Aren't you thirsty to do the greater works? Would that God would st- do greater works. You know, to me, I, I, I have to say, it's being out at VBS, I want to thank you 170 or so volunteers that helped pull off VBS. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks. And Carolyn and Andrea and the team. So glad it's over. I'm hoping to get my wife back. Uh, And uh, I was there Thursday night when they kind of draw the net. Probably 40 to 50 little lives went in there. How did we know which ones it took? Didn't take. But I just thought, our teaching staff, the lessons, Marilyn and Grant, and I think of the Nicosia family and other teachers, and the tracks. All we are trying to do is represent Jesus and what he wants to do in a boy or girl's life. It's not our idea to save. It's his idea. We could be content to let him go to hell. Just keep my pleasures coming. But that's not why he saved us. He saved us for good works that would show him off. Would you please start advertising someone beside yourself? Start advertising how wonderful Jesus is.
1: And this is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today, spent in God's Word, to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.